This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by a brilliant doctor, Dr. David Klein. Dr. Klein serves currently as the Chief Executive Officer of Marin Health. Uh, he's had a brilliant career uh, with the Common Spirit System and now leading up one of the great systems in the country in Marin Health. Dr. Klein, can you take a moment and tell us about yourself, your career, and about Marin Health? Sure, happy to. I've uh, been in healthcare for quite a while, probably more than 40 years without uh, without dating myself too much. I think my first job was as an orderly as a 16-year-old. I don't think we call them orderlies anymore, but uh, it was a really eye-opening experience and got me interested uh, in healthcare. And I started my professional career as a general surgeon uh, and stayed in that role for almost 14 years. And in the last uh, two or three years uh, as a general surgeon, I was introduced to a hospital company that wanted to build a new hospital in the community I was practicing in, and I got a little bit interested at that point uh, in uh, just the inner workings of, of hospital management and administration. I had had a lot of experience in uh, organized medicine and held numerous leadership roles as a physician, but this was uh, intriguing because of the operational aspects, and in fact, I helped them to build a, a Greenfield Hospital in our community and was the uh, first chief of staff and was given an operational role, and that prompted my interest in in, uh, medical management and uh, become a physician executive, particularly uh, on the operating side. And so I decided to go back uh, while I was practicing and get my MBA. And following that, I had uh, a number of uh, job opportunities, but ultimately ended up working for the same for-profit company uh, for a number of years. I started in uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, with uh, with Triad, which was a spinoff of HCA uh, in a joint venture with Texas Health Resources, and, and uh, within a year was moved down to Austin to build another Greenfield Hospital. So I had that uh, as an experience that was very valuable, uh, and that was a joint venture with uh, Seton Family Hospitals, which is part of the Ascension System. Stayed there for a number of years, then ultimately went back up to the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex to work for Baylor Scott and White as the uh, president of their Fort Worth flagship hospital, uh, All Saints, and stayed there for eight years. And um, uh, not too long ago, about six years ago, was hired by Dignity Health to run their two San Francisco-based hospitals, uh, St. Francis and, and, and St. Mary's. And um, we had always had my eyes on Marin uh, Health, lived in Marin, as a matter of fact. And when that opportunity opened up, uh, I uh, um, uh, threw my hat in the ring for that and, and fortunately was hired to uh, run this really great organization, uh, which is uh, a 335-bed hospital serving uh, not only Marin County, but the North Bay. We are an independent, not-for-profit hospital system uh, with a large uh, medical network and a large philanthropic foundation, and have been in the community for over 70 years now, serving uh, all all the community, uh, provide just about every level of service uh, with with a number of partnerships. So uh, it's been a, uh, that's a quick way to talk about maybe 40 years of healthcare experience, but I certainly have experienced healthcare from every aspect as a, as a patient, as a father of a sick child, as a provider, and now as an administrator. So I think that served me very well. It's simply amazing. And talk a little bit about independent health system. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's few left, though some of the independent health systems, and it's a real mix out there, have thrived through the last couple of years as they've had a little easier chance managing the footprint than some of the mega systems that have really gotten hurt financially the last couple of years. Talk about that situation as an independent health system versus a mega health system. A couple of thoughts on that. Let me give a couple of thoughts on what trends you're watching in healthcare currently. 
Sure, sure. I think uh, for me, uh, one of the advantages of an independent healthcare system is we're really focused on the care of the community that we serve. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work in some very large companies uh, that have had multiple hospitals around. And although they're, they're great providers of care, I think that uh, oftentimes uh, the, ind- uh, the individual communities might be overlooked for some uh, uh, other areas of need or interest or, or even larger communities. And, and the beauty of an independent system is you can focus on uh, the needs of the community that you that you serve or that we serve uh, in this case. Um, the other thing that I find is an advantage is that we uh, we are very nimble and can move quickly with decisions. We don't have numerous levels of decision makers, and so we're able to uh, really move as the market moves. Uh, we we certainly rely on on partnerships and, and in some cases outsourcing certain services. But uh, in the case of Marin Health, we've had uh, really uh, quite good success over the past couple of years uh, just by uh, our ability to um, you, you know move around move quickly uh, be nimble uh, try to make appropriate decisions and and I think that uh, uh, you just in regards to some of the things that we're we're seeing and, and you know focused on right now obviously like everybody else we uh, we have workforce related issues it's uh, it's a beautiful part of the country to live in, but it's quite expensive. So uh, keeping enough and enough staff and appropriate staff here uh, has been a challenge. And with uh, what everybody's experienced in the past two or three years, uh, uh, we've not been immune to that. So I would say that we're focused on uh, workforce uh, and workforce shortages. Uh, other things that um, come to mind as we start talking about some of the issues in, in focus areas are just uh, uh, just shrinking reimbursement that I think everybody is um, uh, experiencing currently. Uh, uh, we've we've got the same payer pressures uh, even as an independent system, and in fact, we don't have uh, always have the bargaining ability that uh, others do when it comes to commercial payers. So we feel uh, pressure there, and in in these days in this inflationary environment, it uh, uh, makes it that much uh, uh, that much more difficult. So we are focusing on that. The other thing that's uh, of, of big interest, and I think nationwide, uh, everybody's seeing a, a gradual shift to ambulatory care and outpatient service providers, and sometimes this is being done by new entrants into the market. So uh, we see some of that happening in our market, and so we certainly are in that space and need to really be cognizant of providing whatever care we can in, in the least expensive, uh, highest quality location. Uh, it does create pressure for the hospital in that it uh, condenses the, the sicker uh, patients and the higher cost patients into the hospital. So I think as long as we have our eyes open and um, pay attention to who's entering the market, uh, we um, I think we're going to be fine. And then I would just say a couple quick other uh, things. One is obviously the revenue and cost pressure. Not only is our reimbursement dropping, but uh, our supply chain challenges and our and expenses are um, uh, unheralded, including pharmaceuticals. And so we have to uh, uh, really be operationally efficiency, uh, operationally efficient and focus on the things that we're doing and um, and the patient access. I think uh, if I were to point to one area that really uh, keeps me up at night is our ability to, to make sure that patients have uh, an easy access into our system and can see the doctors that they need. Uh, and in Marin, and I suspect across the country, we really have a shortage of primary care doctors. So that is an area right now of, uh, of um, uh, attention and focus, making sure that we can get the, a number of doctors into our community that's growing uh, to care for the patients and their needs. Thank you. And talk about, you're a physician by background, a surgeon, tremendous shortages of nurses and surgeons. Any thoughts on, there's all these discussions you're seeing recently about robotic nurses, about virtual nurses. What's the longer term perspective on staffing 
Will those kinds of efforts help? I mean, you're also sort of in the heart of Silicon Valley. What do you right. see there, this mix of technology versus people needs? Because we are facing daunting shortages on both nurses right. and doctors. What, what do you see there? Well, I think that we we want to use tech, uh, but we don't. But there are tech uh, uh, op- opportunities, including uh, AI, uh, to help our employees. But it's not going to be able to do everything. And I think that uh, I think if we can use that competency and, and use it across the workforce, uh, and uh, teach our employees how to use it to save time. Uh, that uh, that will certainly help, and that it, uh, that will help with retention. We do have a strong uh, strong focus on recruitment and especially retention, and uh, a lot of that's just being flexible with uh, with the work schedules and making sure that people are working at the top of their license. Uh, and if we can enable uh, the care that they provide um, with uh, te- technological alternatives and artificial intelligence, we certainly do that. We recently uh, switched our electronic health record to Epic, and that has provided uh, some capabilities to our staff to reduce some of the time it takes them uh, to document and do the things that they need to do. But I think, uh, I, I don't think it'll ever replace uh, our staff or our nurses, but I do think that they can work smarter and uh, also be more efficient and effective uh, if they use some of the things that are out there uh, to help. We haven't done any, uh, we do telehealth, but we haven't done any uh, telehealth nursing at this point. Thank you very, very much. When you look at sort of advice that you would give to evolving leaders, you've had this great leadership career, a great medical career. What advice would you give to an evolving leader? Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, from from my standpoint, I, you know, it w- it was very helpful for me to come from a clinical and a practice standpoint. But uh, one of one of my true norths, if, if if you'll mind, the, don't mind the expression, is is always to put the patient at the center of everything we do, uh, every decision that that we make uh, and uh, that my team makes. I always ask them, is is this the best thing for the patients? Uh, because that's that's the population that we serve. Doing the right thing for the right reason uh, is is another one. Uh, I always think it's important for leaders to focus on their people and talent and, and to invest in them. It's really the people that make a difference, not just in healthcare. I think here at Marin Health, we uh, we have a relentless focus on co- the culture of accountability uh, and performance, and I think that's uh, important. Uh, the other thing is I see young leaders that uh, that we attract here in, in, in some of the leadership roles. I always uh, remind them to remain, remain focused and not get distracted. This is a this is an interesting time that we're working in with lots of changes and headwinds. And I think as long as we remain focused and we know our business, uh, we're going to be okay. And uh, being willing to listen, I, mean, I think that I uh, I continue to listen. Uh, I learn every day uh, from the people around me. Uh, I re- have realized that there's there that there's no single strategy for the future. There's many, and so we need to really get a lot of good minds working. And then I think uh, I think really lastly, um, just understanding the consequences, of the decisions you make, and who is impacted. Uh, as a young leader, um, I would maybe make some some rash de- not rash decisions, but decisions without considering all the stakeholders and who it might Im- uh, who it might involve. And I think before you make a decision, just sort of run through in the back of your mind who who are the key stakeholders, who's going to be impacted by this, who's going to have negative outcomes, and who's going to have positive outcomes. And if you do that, I think you can be much more effective in the decisions that you make. Thank you very very much. And, and talk a little bit about. Big priorities this year, and you talked about them some, and you've got this issue of staffing is a constant issue right now, trying to deal with reimbursement issues with payers that are increasingly powerful versus health systems that aren't as powerful compared to the payers. Talk about what are the big priorities this coming year in 2023? 
Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, there's a uh, you know a, a monetized list. Of course, uh, growth and margin stability is important for our organization, and we're in a situation where we, re- we really need to rebuild our balance sheet. We've had a lot of capital expenditures, including opening a new hospital a couple of years ago. I mentioned earlier the importance of operational and clinical efficiency. I think that that is a strong area of a focus for us. We're working hard to grow our market share uh, throughout the North Bay uh, with geographic spread. Uh, I can't overestimate the importance of partnerships. We are currently having an affiliate partnership with UCSF, which is really valuable for uh, for us for a number of reasons. But most importantly, is it allows us to recruit the the best and the brightest in our specialty areas, especially the tertiary and quaternary areas. If we have an academic affiliation, it's a lot easier to attract um, the brightest from across the country. We certainly have a great medical staff and lots of great people, but in some of these more difficult areas, having an academic affiliation helps. We're looking at just different types of um, ways to uh, spread our service lines and grow our service lines and and focus on that. And uh, mentioned workforce development earlier. And uh, the other thing we really uh, are excited about uh, with our growth is just uh, getting uh, our name, which we believe uh, signifies high quality and safe care uh, into areas uh, of our community uh, that that might have uh, challenges accessing healthcare services, some of the areas that have disparities. And so we spend a lot of time with mobile van services and having doctors go out to the areas of the community that may not have healthcare as accessible. I think it's really important that we serve our entire community, especially those areas uh, that could have uh, healthcare disparities and difficulty uh, 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 finding a doctor and accessing a doctor in health and healthcare apparatus. Fantastic. David, Dr. Klein, thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just phenomenal work you do at Marin Health, and what a magnificent career. Thank you thank so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you.